For any sized gift before Ash Wednesday, February 22nd, we'll send you my 2023 Lenten devotional booklet. Make a secure online donation at thewordendoors.org or make your check payable to The Word Endures and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. And we'll send you my new devotional booklet for Lent. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. God gives you your days on earth for you to practice and get a foretaste of eternity, to learn to live them in his companionship, singing his praises, giving him thanks, and walking with him. Jesus then draws out the obvious conclusion. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the Gospel of St. Luke. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. Well, in our last study, you recall how a man had cried out to Jesus, asking him to tell his brother to split the family inheritance with him. Jesus, remember, completely disavowed any role in divvying up earthly goods. He has a heavenly inheritance to bestow instead. But he uses the occasion to warn us against the dangers of covetousness, of thinking that life is all about the accumulation of stuff. And so the story of the rich fool, who was very blessed with an abundance of goods, so much that he didn't have a place to store it all up. So he decides to build bigger and better barns to lay it all up in, telling his soul that he hasn't made in the shade time to kick back and just enjoy the fruits of his labors. But that very night, death came knocking, and God called the man a fool, because while he had laid up treasures for himself on earth, which he would never get to enjoy, he didn't bother being rich toward God. A solemn warning for us all right there. Not to neglect the care of our souls, we need to give careful attention to the Word of God and to the sacraments. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter, beginning at verse 22. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, about what you will eat, or about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If, then, you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. 
For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Luke 12, verses 22 to 31. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort from your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you've given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So, you're ready to work through today's reading? Let's do it. Verse 22. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Therefore, that means Jesus hasn't changed the subject. He just told the parable of the rich fool, and he concluded it with the warning about spending your life doing nothing but gathering up earthly treasures and neglecting to be rich toward God. And why did the man want his brother to divvy up the inheritance with him in the first place? Why do people pile up more and more and more? Because they want to feel secure, which means they don't want to be anxious about where the next meal is coming from or whether they're going to have a roof over their heads. Do they earn enough to feed and clothe their family and so on? With the crazy inflation we've got going on right now, you probably can relate to that feeling, right? But Jesus just crosses anxiety out of the lives of his followers. Tells them, don't do it. Don't give in to that anxious worry and fretting. And here's why. Life is more than stuff. Your body is more than the clothes you put on it or the shelter provided for it. Life isn't meant for worry. Life is meant for communion with the Heavenly Father. And like any good father, he doesn't skimp on providing what matters to his beloved children. So, verse 24. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? I know, I know. I'd have likely picked a different bird to think about. But the raven gets first mention after the flood, Genesis 8, 6, even before the dove. And we read in Job exactly the point Jesus is making here, Job 38, verse 41, who provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry to God for help and wander about for lack of food. This is part of that whole series of rhetorical questions where God is taking Job to task. And the answer clearly is, I do. That's what we also hear in the Psalms. Psalm 147, verse 9. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. So Jesus' argument is then from the lesser to the greater. Hey, God takes care of his birds. How much more will he tenderly care for you and give you everything you need? Verse 25, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? If you note the ESV footnote on this verse, you see that it could alternatively be rendered with a single cubit to his stature. Either way, Jesus is pointing out that there are things which no amount of worry will be able to alter. So why put yourself through the misery? Remember how Psalm 139 verse 16 says, 
Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Look, you're going to live on this earth the days God has allotted to you, and neither less nor more than what he wills. And fretting and anxiety actually make those days be unprofitable for you. God gives you your days on earth for you to practice and get a foretaste of eternity, to learn to live them in his companionship, singing his praises, giving him thanks, and walking with him. Jesus then draws out the obvious conclusion. Verse 26. If you then are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? The emphasis there is on you are not able. There is one, of course, who is able, and that would be your heavenly father. He's got you covered, Jesus says. And life itself is all about acquiring that heavenly treasure of learning to trust in him and his kind love for you. In the light of that love, the darkness of anxiety is just driven away. And Jesus turns to one more example from the world around us. Verse 27, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 28, but if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Solomon's glory really was great. Remember how in 1 Kings 10, verse 5, the queen of Sheba, whom Jesus had just mentioned in the previous chapter, was literally breathtaking when she saw all that glory of Solomon's. It was a bountiful, great gift Solomon received from God. But Jesus says, and great as that glory is, it just pales when you try to set it next to the beauty of the lilies. Beauty that comes a sheer gift. They do nothing to deserve it. God just delights to dish out on them their beauty and grace for the sheer joy of it. And if God clothes the grass of the field with lilies like that, which are here today and gone tomorrow, Jesus says, well, you can count on him to take care of clothing you, oh, you of little faith. That little faith isn't so much an insult as it is a challenge. Jesus is inviting them and us to expand our trust in the heavenly father. He indeed has garments for us to wear that he will provide that are even more glorious than those he gives in this world. Jesus is headed to Jerusalem to prepare for us the garment of his own perfect righteousness and obedience for us all to don. Verse 29, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, verse 30, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your father knows that you need them. Again, Jesus draws a sharp contrast between his disciples and the nations of the world. The heathen who are around us, they're constantly offering up to their idols a liturgy of anxiety, never sure if they've done quite enough to be pleasing to their gods. Against that, Jesus calls for faith for trust in the Heavenly Father and his loving care of us. This is why the small catechism of the Lutheran Church in its first article of the Creed teaches us that all of God's gracious giving to us arises from this. All this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. He gives, and he gives us abundantly, absolutely everything we'll ever need in this life, which is obviously not all that our sinful nature may crave, but absolutely all that we need. So instead of fretting 
about getting enough stuff so that you can feel at peace. Jesus urges you toward that being rich toward God by doing this, verse 31. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Instead. So replace the anxiety with something else. And that something else is seeking God's kingdom. Now, what does that mean? St. Ambrose of Milan, the man who baptized St. Augustine in the fourth century, he wrote, Jesus indicates that grace will not be lacking for the faithful in the present or in the future. If only those who desire the heavenly do not seek the earthly. It's unseemly for the soldiers of the kingdom to worry about food. The king knows how to feed, clothe, and cherish his household. And therefore he said, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. We seek God's kingdom, then, when we are not focused upon this age, but upon that age which is to come and which Jesus will reveal at his glorious appearing. Seeking that, wanting that moment when God's will will indeed be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the very joy of Christ's baptized people. It's the opposite of worry when you stop and realize, hey, he's given you in his word and sacrament the very gift of communion with the heavenly father through the son and in the spirit. What more could we want? Now that's where we're going to stop for today. Next up, Jesus will take away all fear that the father might somehow not want to give you his kingdom. He's chosen to give it to you. You can have a very loose hold then on the goods of this world. You can use them to be a blessing to others rather than merely gratifying your own desires. You get in on the game of God's joyous giving. He tosses the goods your way for you to toss them on to others so that your hands are open to receive even more from him and do the same with that. He wants your heart in the game, not grabbing up and keeping stuff. And then Jesus will tell his own to live their lives vigilant and alert for his coming because he is coming to serve them. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.